Welcome to Content Folks, a content marketing podcast that will teach you absolutely nothing about content, but maybe a little something about the folks behind it. I'm your host, Theo, and here is today's guest. My name is Eric Doty. I am the content lead at Doc. I was also previously the content lead at Butter. And I also used to have a blog called Bonk's Mullet that had thousands of readers and followers. Actually, someone called me out on that the other day. They were like, oh my God, you're Bonk's Mullet. And now you're like this B2B LinkedIn guy. Like what happened? Yeah, what did happen? How did you go from Bonk's Mullet to being a content marketer? I was in grad school and I was studying linguistics. I was super unfulfilled doing that. I've always been a hockey fan. And as a sort of fun side project, I grew an anonymous Twitter account to like 18,000 followers uh, that was all about hockey. So the Ottawa Senators, my hometown team. And then I started kind of an onion style blog. So it wasn't analysis or breakdowns or anything. It was like fake news stories, like so-and-so player is revealed to only wear sleeveless shirts. Like we wrote like (laughs) really stupid, lowest common denominator stuff, almost like making fun of BuzzFeed, but like for the Ottawa Senators. That blog ended up growing to thousands of readers a day. I was spending more time on that than my actual grad studies and thought, is this what it feels like to enjoy something? Eventually, I realized, okay, I've got this writing skill. I've got this social media skill. Like, what can you do with that? And that was about 10 years ago before I really knew anything about content marketing. So what would eight-year-old Eric say about this career path of yours? Eight-year-old Eric wanted to be a cartoonist. You triggered this memory by asking me this question earlier, but I had this recurring character named Big Eyes. And as you can imagine, he had very large eyes. He was this kind of like Mr. Magoo, like Charlie Brown-ish character that would just like always got himself into bad situations or maybe like Mr. Bean. He would like get himself into bad situations and get himself out of them. I drew it on every single piece of paper in our house for a period of a couple of years. And then I discovered sports and wanted to become a hockey player because I'm Canadian. I was not mildly athletic enough to do that. So uh, eight-year-old Eric was like, okay, yeah, you did something creative. That makes sense. I think he'd be proud of me. I like hearing that. But let's talk about another type of work. Which household chore or DIY activity do you really enjoy? The one that triggers nostalgia for me is mowing the lawn. We had a huge lawn at my house growing up and my dad would pay me like 20 bucks to mow it. And I thought that was amazing. But I love the smell of grass to this day because of it. And I also discovered a love of music by mowing the lawn because it would just be one to two hours of uninterrupted listening. So there's still songs that come on. Like the other day, it was like Cold as Ice by Foreigner, which is such a cheesy song. But it came on and I was like, that was on my lawn mowing playlist. One more chore, maybe not as fun as mowing the lawn. Laundry. Do you have an item of clothing you'd be very sad to shrink in the wash? I have a few Liverpool FC soccer kits, and that would be very upsetting, partially because they cost a lot of money because you have to buy them from England and they have to come all the way here to Canada. And like the pound conversion to Canadian dollars is terrible. But also I feel like it was like your kit with that person's name on it and you wore it for these games. And that that's what I'd be most sad to lose for sure. Have you actually ever traveled to my side of the planet to watch any of those games? No, I haven't. My wife is a crazy Liverpool fan. She got me really into it. And so we wake up at sometimes five in the morning here because I'm on the West Coast of uh, British Columbia and the games are obviously in England. Now they have streaming services that will automatically PVR it for you, which is amazing. So we can at least wake up at like nine o'clock and not look at our phones and stuff. I'm a dork, so I like put on the jersey even at home and we just sit on our couch and cheer. So that's fun. Okay, what's one dish you love that you can make without looking at the recipe? I make a pretty mean carbonara pasta. 
Okay, so we're gonna have to talk about this. First, tell me how you make it, and then I'll ask you a very important question. Okay. I mean, you're Italian, right? Like, is this... A, yes. I've opened myself up to some hard questions here. So I mix eggs and Parmigiano-Reggiano and lots of pepper and sometimes salt, sometimes not salt, depending on the protein I have available. Are you supposed to use guanciale? Is that the actual meat you're supposed to yes, use? Yes, correct. Often we just have bacon lying around, so I make it with bacon. My wife will often make fresh homemade pasta, which is awesome. But if we don't have it, I grab whatever pasta we have lying around from Costco. Yeah, so you boil the pasta in salty water. You cook the guanciale or the bacon on the side. Once you've you mix the Parmesan cheese, eggs, and whatever else, pepper in a bowl, get that nice and like it's just starting to be a little thick, still kind of liquidy. And then once the pasta is cooked, you toss it in the meat grease that's left over and then you pour in. And the cheese mixture normally need a little bit of pasta water just to like thin it and then mix it all up serve it some fresh parm on top okay now the important question Uh oh i'm nervous <laughs> don't be so there's two main schools of thought around what makes the proper carbonara okay do you put cream in it oh i don't put any cream in it and, and you're not the only one, but there is a cohort of Italians who swears by this addition. Now, I don't really care one way or another. I'm a very democratic eater when it comes to pasta, so I'll eat whatever. But your version, though, your version sounds really nice. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. If you were invited onto a non-marketing podcast as a subject matter expert, what would your go-to topic be? hockey for sure. I used to go on podcasts all the time. Back when I had my blog where I talked about the Ottawa Senators, I would go on podcasts and talk hockey. But I think over the years, I haven't followed it as much. Maybe another fun answer is I used to be a linguist and I studied how language works in the human brain. I feel like that's an interesting topic that maybe I couldn't talk about so much now, but eight years ago, whenever it was that I was sort of in the throes of it, I could really talk you to death about like how your brain does really cool things about like predicting what sounds are going to come next. You can tell from the letter before the letter that's coming, your tongue will actually make movements in the direction of the next sound. I used to do all these sort of experiments trying to figure out like how far back is your your brain trying to predict what comes next. So I could probably nerd out about that still. So like, did you recruit people to come over to your lab and then you would hook them up to a machine and scan their brains? Or what would that look like? I mostly did eye tracking experiments. So there's this crazy phenomenon that your brain will automatically look at speech units that your brain is processing within a, a gap of like 20 milliseconds or something. So if you hear the word peach, and there's a peach on the screen without you even knowing it within 20 milliseconds or whatever the time was, your eyes will dart to that object on the screen. One experiment we had, there'd be like a ship on the screen and a sheep on the screen. And then you'd have some control pictures. And what you'd see is that as someone's going, shh, there's like equal eye movements to the ship and the sheep. And the second you get into like, she, then suddenly all their eye focus will go to the sheep. And so knowing that the eyes and brain and sound are connected that way, you can do all kinds of experiments. I'd get university students normally hung over to come into the lab and they'd listen to 45 minutes of sheep, ship, chip, cheap, really, really repetitive sounds. And they all hated me by the end of it. They'd come in and be like, yeah, happy to help, like contribute to science. And they'd come out and like, that was the most painful torture uh, of my life. Okay, let's not talk about painful things. In fact, what's a song that's guaranteed to put you in a good mood? I thought really long and hard about this. I didn't want to just give you a favorite song. I wanted to give you a song that when it comes on, I get a visceral positive reaction. It's the Thong Song by Cisco. Okay. That is a marvel of music and joy. 
It is so ridiculous. We listen to it all the time at my friend's house. Like once a night, it will come on the TV and we'll all laugh. And it's so ridiculously produced because, yeah, it's like a dumb song about rap. But then suddenly there's like a key change and strings come in and it gets so over the top. This was someone's life work was the thong song. Like not only Cisco, I'm sure like his producer or whoever, it's the best song they ever made. It makes me laugh, like just everything about it. So thong song. I'm here for it. That's got to be the first time thong song has ever been mentioned on like any relatively marketing related podcast. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's also probably the last time. <laughs> Who knows? I'm willing to be surprised. Yeah. And the last time I get invited on a podcast. <laughs> no, I hope not. If you were to win an Academy Award, a Nobel Prize, or any other major award, the censor might help you redeem yourself. What would your category be? A Nobel Prize in science, because there's a cash prize with it. So <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't want recognition or fame. I just want the cash. I also think there's still a side of me. I play guitar and I used to write really bad songs. So there's a part of me that would want to be like a singer, songwriter, Grammy Award winner or something like that. Does that come with money or not? Maybe it comes like with a side of millions of one cent shares from Spotify streams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two more. The first one is short but important. What color do you want the thumbnail for this episode to be? And why the specific color choice right now? I was going to say red because, well, A, we talked about Liverpool and... I think it's never used in B2B, so it's fun to use it in this context. But then I looked at your most recent guests and like everyone was red. So let's go red and white for Canada, if you can make that happen. If you have the technology to do two colors. <laughs> I believe I do. So red and white from the Canadian flag it is. My head can be in the middle like a maple leaf. That'd be great. And finally, Eric, we know you as a content person, but what makes you a content one? I love this question. It's so nice. My wife, my friends, my family, my wiener dog just gives me so much joy. And if, if I had to get specific, I live near the ocean here on the West Coast. Uh, I live in Nanaimo off Vancouver Island. I have a friend with a boat and me and my wife and our friends and even our dog now can come on the boat with us. And we're just sitting on the ocean calmly and we'll watch a sunset. We'll barbecue off the front of the boat. Life can't get any better than that. And I think that's when I'm at my most content. Thanks for listening to Content Folks. Today's episode was brought to you by Bonk Smollett, Big Eyes, and the Thong Song. Thanks to Eric for coming over, and to Leila for producing and editing the episode. Until next time. <laughs>